time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. All right, and welcome to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie. Welcome you into this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. And you're probably saying to yourself, wait, where's William Barber? Where is the host of the show? Well, William has the week off. He is celebrating his wedding anniversary with his beautiful bride. So he took the week off, and I am in the captain's chair again this week, bringing you this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. I got to tell you, we've got a jam-packed program for the show this week. And don't forget about our social media platforms before I let you know who's going to be on the show today. That's right. You can follow the show on Twitter and on Facebook, as far as the uh, Twitter handles, you can follow the show at SRW Radio. You can follow our fearless leader, WB, at WB Radio Network. He's also on Instagram as well. And you can follow yours truly on Twitter at Alfie underscore 19. We appreciate it. If you like us, follow us. Keep up with what's going on in NASCAR and short track news on the Twitter page and also on our Facebook page, as well, we're always updating that with the latest in NASCAR news and short track news as well. And you can get all that information at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And don't forget about the podcast as well, available every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So you'll get the podcast version of this show on Monday. And if you want to go back and listen to any of our previous shows, interviews, episodes, of Southern Race Week. All of that is available for you on our podcasting sites at iTunes, Spotify, and, and the SoundCloud. Just go to the search and type in Southern Race Week, like, subscribe, and I'll leave your comments there as well. We really appreciate it. And as I mentioned, we do have a jam-packed program coming up for you this week. In just moments, we'll get the latest in short track news with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ted Osted, the voice of Thursday Thunder at Atlanta Motor Speedway's Facebook live page. I'll be speaking with Ted here in just a matter of moments to get the latest on what's going on in the world of short track news. Also, we'll be speaking with Blaze Crawford, the semi-pro champion of the Thursday Thunder program at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And also a few weeks ago, traveled for the first time ever to Charlotte Motor Speedway and and won a race in the summer shootout series at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So we'll be speaking with Blaze Crawford about the championship and that win at Charlotte just a few weeks ago. And this upcoming weekend, very excited to see road course racing at Daytona International Speedway for the uh, Cup Series. Very exciting. Also, the Xfinity Series will be racing on the road course. Should be an exciting weekend of racing at Daytona on the road course for the first time. So what we're going to do, a few weeks ago, we spoke with president of Daytona International Speedway, Chip Wild, about his thoughts of road coursing at Daytona, and we will replay that interview for you later on in the program as well. So a jam-packed uh, week of uh, programming here on Southern Race Week Radio, so just sit back and relax and get set to enjoy the great broadcast we have set up for you here today. This is Natalie Decker, driver for Nice Motorsports, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. And welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie delivering to you another brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Time now to focus on the short track, the grassroots 
of racing as we head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in live from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the one, the only, the voice of Thursday Thunder on Facebook Live for Atlanta Motor Speedway, Mr. Ted Austin. As I mentioned before, we went on the air here, and, and we talked a little bit about it before uh, we started this interview, but I wanted to give you a compliment on the air for Thursday Thunder because, as many of us know, due to COVID-19, you guys did not have fans in the stands for Thursday Thunder, but you did bring the action of Thursday Thunder at Atlanta Motor Speedway on the AMS Facebook uh, page with uh, Facebook Live. So I wanted to compliment you and your entire crew over at AMS for bringing this Thursday Thunder action via Facebook Live. So uh, thank you so much for what you guys did. Just an amazing job, well-produced, well-put-together, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching every broadcast on pins and needles, especially the witty, especially the witty banter between you and everyone else who was up in the booth. So, I mean, just just, just well put together, I guys. I don't know about the witty banter, but the production <laughs> side of it with uh, Dustin Bixby, our vice president of media and marketing here, and uh, the folks in his, his group, especially Tyler Head, um, they put together the production side of it on a very, very limited budget. <laughs> as as the, the Thursday Thunder Legends program does not uh, instill a lot of revenue into the facility, facility um so it's put together on a real tight budget and so they 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 put together the production side of it just so we could do that that live stream on a on a real limited uh, equipment budget <laughs> and uh, they were able to pull off a pretty good looking product uh, all i got to do with the the whole thing was was sit and talk and actually have people see my ugly mug every now and then <laughs> oh but, come on uh, uh, it was fun. It was fun to do, and the response was was great. and And it, it's nice to hear the compliments, as we received a lot of positive comments uh, on the on the Facebook Live uh, uh, responses and stuff. But uh, it it was nice that it was well received. It was it was fun to put it together. And Thursday Thunder really is kind of a, a fun project. It, it's not as serious as some of the stuff that we produce here. So uh, uh, it's it's nice to kind of unwind a little bit and do that on Thursday nights and this year some Wednesday nights and stuff and and have a little fun with it so uh, it was a good time so I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it I'm I glad did. you enjoyed it a lot going on in the world of short track news here uh, uh so Ted so I, I give you the floor my friend and and bring us up today with all the action that you've been seeing uh in the world of short tracks well, probably the the biggest story this week, or the the one that has uh, kind of stolen the spotlight from a a driver that has really turned a corner here in 2020, and a local driver here in the southeast. But Brandon Overton won the USA Nationals up at Cedar Lake Speedway over the weekend and pocketed fifty thousand uh, dollars. He overtook Billy Moyer on lap 44, and then he stayed away from the mayhem that ensued later on in the in the racing program, but. That that victory and uh, that local uh, local shoes uh, deed gun done good uh, with that fifty thousand dollar payday kind of got outshined by what happened on lap eighty five. That's what everybody seems to be talking about. Is Tyler Herb, the the driver, young driver out of uh, Texas, and another young driver out of Illinois, Bobby Pierce. They kind of got together on lap eighty five. Herb intentionally retaliated as, as Bobby Pierce got into him to start off with, spun him out, 
Then Herb came back and kind of retaliated, which is a no-no. He was warned on the receiver <laughs> from the, the World of Outlaw officials, like, don't touch his car. And he, he did. Mm. And then uh, he went counterclockwise, counter-traffic, uh, and went head-on to meet Bobby Pierce again oh. after being warned several times. Then drove up on his car or tried to drive up on his car a couple of times. And while all this was going on, Bob Pierce, Bobby's daddy, he came out onto the track and got to, to Tyler's car and actually hit him a couple times, which I think is kind of stupid because wow. all you're doing is, is, is banging your knuckles against a helmet. But uh, then a World of Outlaw official, he, he got uh, involved with it as well. He was trying to reach in the car and shut the car down, and when he was doing that, his herb took off, ran over his feet, and then kind of oh. catapulted him away from the car. Uh, he, had, he received some minor injuries and everything, but everybody seems to be talking about it, about the, the, the craziness and the unsafe uh, conditions that that created for some people. And uh, both of the drivers were suspended. Both of the drivers yeah. received a fine. Herb has been indefinitely suspended. He can't race until the World Outlaws decide he can. Uh, he also has to pay a $5,000 fine before that eligibility even goes into effect. And then Bobby Pierce, uh, he got a 30-day suspension oh, wow. and a $1,000 fine. And everybody asked, well, what did Bobby do? Well, Bobby didn't necessarily do anything. His dad Bob Pierce, because he ran out onto the racing surface and created an unsafe condition for not only himself, but officials of the World of Outlaws, is uh, that is the reason for Bobby Pierce's 30-day suspension. And fine, whether you agree with it or not, there is no place for crew members or uh, unauthorized personnel to be on or near the racing surface, and especially when it is a, a behavioral incident and stuff like that. So, uh, unfortunately, both of these drivers aren't going to be on the World Outlaw circuit for a while, but wow. uh, with all the different races that are going on and all the different racing opportunities, these guys will, will not go without their paydays. They'll, they'll just go race other series and, and other events that might not have a sanction or, or anything with it. But uh, unfortunate for uh, Brandon Overton because he ran a phenomenal race, and the kid just continues to win bigger and bigger races, and this one by far his biggest payday, 50000 bucks. Now, let me ask you something, Ted. You've been covering, and speak, and, and just in case you're wondering, we're speaking with Ted Austed here on Southern Race Week Radio. You've been covering short track racing for a long, long time. Have you ever seen a suspension or fines or any kind of uh, negativity that came out of, uh, out of a situation than this, and you think it was heightened because of the current COVID-19 situation? Like, if COVID-19 was in a situation, would this have been as harsh a penalty as it would have been previously to all this going down? No, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I've seen similar situations involving drivers where they've retaliated. People have run onto the racetrack. People have taken swings at people. Um, I mean, it's a, it's an emotional sport. There's no doubt about yeah. it. And and some people like to say, you know, well, hey, there's certain sanctioning bodies and stuff that try to push it out of the limelight. And and uh, but uh, it, it's a passionate sport. And mm-hmm. and sometimes people don't think about the the uh, circumstances that they're creating for that that might affect other people's safety, uh, much less their own. They could care less about their own. They're throwing caution to the wind. Um, but uh, um, do I? I think that these penalties were enhanced because of COVID. No, not necessarily. Um, I think that uh, it's getting more attention than some of these 
previous incidents, like like I've been mentioning, just because of the current lifestyle that we live in with with uh, social media is more people are seeing it more people are sharing it so that others can see it and it's getting a lot more mileage that way so i think that the situation has been seen by more and those opinions then uh, are formed uh, through what people see and then you'll have both sides of the argument come in and everybody is forming their opinions and everything like that and sharing them with everybody so that's that's new to the situation mm-hmm. but uh uh uh, the, the COVID and, and that going into the suspensions, no, I think the reason for the suspensions is justified is there were direct violations of very well-written rules by the world of outlaws and uh, the, the fines and the suspensions uh, uh, mirror what those uh, what those rules are and the seriousness of the, the situation and what it could have caused more uh, harm to world of outlaw officials, Bob Pierce himself, and to the drivers and other people involved. So, I mean, I think it's a well-thought-out, well-justified penalties. So, uh, Ted, as you look into your calendar here, what are the events uh, coming up are you really excited to uh, check out and maybe for some of our listeners to uh, take notice of? I'll tell you, it was good news coming out of uh, a modified series that has really kind of started to uh, unfold into a pretty good series. Jim Manka, a former driver down at Oglethorpe Speedway Park, started the Southeastern Modified Series this year, and he's starting to pick up a little steam, a little bit of momentum, as he, he added a doubleheader weekend in September where he will, his series will actually run undercard to the Southern All-Star Series races at Oglethorpe Speedway Park, his old stomping grounds, and Screven Motors Speedway, uh, where he also used to race. The new series, it's open-wheeled modifieds. It has a, a crate engine, a 602 sealed crate engine, the, the most affordable crate engine in the, the GM family. It has a rock-hard American racer tire, so that keeps it affordable. He also has a shock rule. He has really affordable type rules in this modified series, and uh, he's starting to get more and more drivers involved. I think it's a series that people need to kind of keep their eyes on. It's really fun to watch. He's got a very competitive series with the drivers. He's got three, four drivers right now that are battling for a points championship and stuff. So um, that's one to kind of keep your eyes on. You can look it up, Southeastern Modified Series. As far as the the racing going on uh, this weekend, former Atlanta Motor Speedway Thursday Thunder champion Sean Rahal will make his sprint car debut at uh, Sonoy Raceway for the Sonoy Summer Nationals 11, the United Sprint Car Series. Uh, Pete Walton and his, uh, and his series will be in town for that. Uh, the limited late model series uh, drivers will also have a gray gumbo classic with a little extra money. Uh, other classes will be running that night, uh, but they're expecting for the sprint cars, including Sean Rahal, drivers from as many as 14 other states. Uh, if you're into super late models, there's a $10,000 to win race over Talladega Short Track in Alabama on Saturday night with the Southern All-Stars. They're also going to induct a couple of new members into the Southern All-Star uh, Hall of Fame. They include uh, Clint Cat Daddy Smith, a four-time champion on the Southern All-Star Circuit, as well as the Chattanooga Flash, Ronnie Johnson. And ironically, uh, and kind of uh, kind of a neat token, is that they're getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, and both of these drivers will compete in the $10,000 to win tilt <laughs> on Saturday night at uh, Talladega Short Track. So some cool some cool events coming up this weekend, and and uh, and some cool notes. All right, there you go. The one and only Ted Austed coming to us live from 
and Lenimer Speedway. Mr. Allstead, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio, and uh, enjoy the rest of the hockey season, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Sounds good, Alfie. Thanks. Hey, this is Dennis Dickmeyer, president of Richmond International Raceway, and you are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie yet again bringing you another brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio as we have the biggest names in NASCAR, NHRA, uh, IndyCar, as well as the biggest names in short track racing as well. We give them an opportunity to come on and talk about their seasons, their successes, and what's going on with them. And we've got another great guest who is on the Food Depot hotline with us. A, a friend of the show. He's been on the program a few times already. Always glad to have him on to talk about his winning ways, which is continuing for him here in 2020 from Fayetteville, Georgia. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the semi-pro champion of the Thursday Thunder program at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Blaze Crawford. Uh, Mr. Crawford, uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us this week on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're doing well, my friend, here today. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's been a nice day out here in Fayetteville. Yes, sir. Well, uh, first of all, uh, let's uh, let's talk about your recent championship just a few weeks ago at Thursday Thunder at Atlanta Motor Speedway. You came away the semi-pro division champion. You pretty much uh, dominated the uh, series for most of the racing uh, you won a ton of races. You performed extremely well. So tell us about winning that uh, semi-pro championship at Thursday Thunder this year. Uh, yeah, we started off, I wouldn't say on the best note, you know, opening night we got in an incident, but we bounced back in round two and was able to take a win. But we definitely started slow, but I'd say right around the middle of the season, we really picked up speed and we were very, very close to winning five in a row. But um We'll take the five wins out of the eight in the series and take the championship, uh, no doubt. So what do you accredit to the change in your performance? Um, one thing I've got to credit my uh, my great performance to is my great crew chief, Josh Hicks, man. he uh, <laughs> The one thing that um, makes him just, you know, a lot better than anybody else I've ever had helping me out um, is he don't quit, man. He uh, He's going to find anything and everything we tend to be as fast as we can. He never gave up all season. I mean, even championship night, you know, after we've already won four of the seven races, we're, we're still making changes, you know, and I got to credit a lot of that success to him. And the other big thing that really, um, really made a big difference in my driving this year is, you know, the new Hoosier tires and the PJ1 compound that the Speedway put on the track. It brought a new challenge, and I feel like I learned the track the quickest out of anybody in my division. And, uh, I mean, you just, as I mentioned, dominated, and you did so well. You got a lot of great people who help you out along the way. Besides your crew chief, you got a lot of great family, and, and I'm sure some sponsors who has helped you out along the way. I want to give you an opportunity to uh, not only recognize your crew chief, but take time to mention anyone else who helped you out along the way in winning the uh, championship in the semi-pro division. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I couldn't do it without my parents' support, you know. Um, they've believed me the whole way. I got to thank my um, the car owner, Keith Sturchio of Johnny's Pizza in Stockbridge, uh, for giving me this opportunity. I didn't think I'd even be racing this year. So to be able to even be out there, you know, was um, nothing short of incredible for me. Um, and I got to also thank everybody and uh, at uh, Scott Mosley Racing Group. Um, Scott Mosley was kind of the secondhand man that would really help us with uh, making changes on the car. And 
uh, he, he knows what he's doing, man. So uh, I, got, I can't thank them all enough for just an incredible season. Speaking with Blaze Crawford here on Southern Race Week Radio, the semi-pro uh, champion of the Thursday Thunder program at Atlanta Speedway. And with the COVID-19 situation, you guys didn't have fans in the stands this year, but a lot of uh, people got a chance to watch you as Atlanta Motor Speedway took the Facebook Live to broadcast the uh, Thursday Thunder Series. So maybe a lot more eyeballs checking you out as you raced. Um, maybe than probably having fans there, but a great opportunity for those who are big fans of the Thursday Thunder program to check out uh, the racing on Facebook Live. Did you get a good reaction and response from people who might have saw you racing maybe for the first time, maybe not able to get to Atlanta Motor Speedway, but able to watch you via Facebook Live? Oh, yeah. I, the Facebook Live was uh, really awesome, you know, because then I was able to go back and watch replays of my racing. Um, I knew a lot of my family up north. I have a lot of family in Minnesota and North Dakota, and uh, if you look in the comments of those live streams, man, they were all always active in the <laughs> chats watching my races. It was really cool to see all the support I would get, you know, through the Facebook Live. But uh, not only did you uh, win a championship at Atlanta Motor Speedway, but you took your uh, talents, drove a little bit further north, and won just a few weeks ago at Charlotte Motor Speedway at their uh, summer shootout program at Charlotte. And you won the uh, race there just a few weeks ago. Um, I I was watching the race on Facebook Live, and I saw the excitement uh, in your voice uh, talking about that win at Charlotte. So uh, tell me, um, you've had some time to kind of reflect on a little bit. Looking back on it, how for you and your career would you stack that win at Charlotte Motor Speedway just a few weeks ago? Oh, I, I can't emphasize to you enough uh, how amazing it was to go up there my first time ever and uh win on what probably is the biggest stage of legend car racing in um u.s legend cars uh i i we honestly we expected to go up there and uh you know get it handed to us you know and <laughs> running we ran fourth the first night um i thought that was really well a really good run for me but to win on that stage i, I just i feel like honestly what's crazy is i feel like that was probably the biggest one of my career, you know, and the people up there, you know, the, the competitors, it's, it's just a, such a different atmosphere. And they're, they all, uh, they've all known my story and they, they all congratulated me, which is really cool to see. So being able to go into Charlotte, as you said, the first time you've been there, you hadn't raced there before and you get the respect of the fellow competitors who have heard your name for what you've done at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, how much confidence does it give you as a driver to be able to walk into a place that you haven't raced before, that you don't know much about the area or, or the track itself, to go out there and not only win, but already walk in there with the respect of your fellow peers. Uh, yeah, it, it means a ton, you know, just to go up there and and just show off that, hey, man, I'm I'm a force to be reckoned with, you know. And <laughs> I think that's really going to um, propel us because we're going to go out and run the, the national championship event at Las Vegas here in a couple months. And uh, if I can go up to Charlotte and win on that stage, I feel like we'll be just fine there, too. Well, I'm sure you'll represent the great state of Georgia and the city of Fayetteville extremely well when you go and uh, do that here in a uh, couple of months. Uh, Blaze, before we let you go, um, I know we've gotten to kind of know each other a lot over uh, the times we've interviewed. We're from the same uh, area in Fayetteville, and I've really become a big fan of yours and also gotten to know you. And I know you're going to take a little time away, a break from racing, because you're going to be joining the military here. I don't know if a lot of people know that you'll be taking a break to, to join the military. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of talk about that decision in your life to uh, take a break and uh, join the military, which will be, uh, you'll be joining boot camp here. Uh, not, not in the not too distant future, correct? 
Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, it looks like I'll be leaving for basic training for the Air Force uh, right like right after Nationals, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's crazy how quickly it's come. But I just knew out of high school that I didn't really know if college was going to be the thing I wanted to do right. right out of high school. So uh, my dad actually left a month after he graduated high school and he joined the Air Force. And just to see how successful he is and how great he's raised me and my four siblings, um, if, if I follow his track starting there, I, I feel like I'll just be fine. So, um, yeah, I'll be leaving here at the end of October, early November um, for that. But uh, I definitely feel like it'll be an eye-opener and uh, it'll help me find myself and who I really am as a person. If our listeners want to keep up with you and find out what's going on with your racing and things like that, where can they go to follow you on social media? Yeah, um, I'm active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my tags are Blaze Crawford 4 for Instagram and Twitter, and then if you look up Crawford Racing or Blaze Crawford on Facebook, I'm sure you'll uh, find our page really easily. Well, Blaze, uh, thank you for all you're going to be doing for our country here. We really respect uh, your decision to do that, and what a great story. Follow in the footsteps uh, of your father, and I'm sure he's very proud of the decisions that you've made uh, in your life. So uh, you got a little bit more to go in the racing career before you hang it up for just a little bit, but if our listeners want to keep up with you and find out what's going on with your racing and things like that, where can they go to follow you on social media? Yeah, um, I'm active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my tags are Blaze Crawford 4 for Instagram and Twitter. And then if you look up Crawford Racing or Blaze Crawford on Facebook, I'm sure you'll uh, find our page really easily. Well, uh, Blaze, uh, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio, my friend. Good luck in your future endeavors, and hopefully we'll talk to you again uh, down the road before you uh, head out of town. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me once again. This is Larry McReynolds of NASCAR on Fox. And you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio on the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie. And this weekend, we are going to be going road course racing at Daytona International Speedway. That's right. You heard correctly. Road course racing at Daytona. Now, this weekend, we were supposed to be road course racing at Watkins Glen. But because of the COVID-19, they moved that race weekend to the Daytona International Speedway. And uh, just about uh, a few weeks ago, we had president of Daytona International Speedway, Chip Wild, on the program. And one of the topics we discussed in that interview was the road course racing at Daytona that is coming up this weekend. Here are his uh, thoughts. Well, you know, we announced uh, in February we're going to run the Bush Clash on the road course. uh, The kickoff speed weeks presented by Advent Health next February. But this will give us a really good preview. Uh, we weren't prepared uh, for, for, you know, hosting an event in the middle of August, but, uh, you know, luckily for us, we've got a great team here. We're getting the track prepared, uh, and we'll host four events in three days. So the, the Arkham Menard Series will race on Friday afternoon on our famed 3.57-mile road course. Saturday, the Xfinity Series will be in action, uh, also racing on the road course, and then double header on Sunday. You'll have the trucks at noon, the cup cars at 3.30, all trying to navigate our 3.57-mile road course. And I say 3.7-mile because you're saying, hmm, that's kind of weird. It's 3.56 miles. We're actually adding another tenth of a mile to it, uh, and we're going to uh, put a chicane coming off turn four. So it truly will be <laughs> a road course nobody has seen uh, as, they, as they start coming down here uh, on the August 14th, 15th, and 16th. Yeah, I think it's required in NASCAR rules that you have to have a chicane if you are doing road course racing. I think that's just that's just the way it is. So good job out of you guys in adding the chicane uh, to the road course. 
So let me ask you, Mr. Wild, how was this idea presented to you and and how did we get to this final result of us being able to have this event on the road course? Well, we knew when, uh, when obviously, the start of the pandemic that, you know, there were going to be some challenges uh, going to certain certain racetracks that NASCAR owns based on the environment. And New York uh, has been one of those. So we, uh, we started preparing the infield road course in March and April. Uh, and then now, obviously, with, you know, being a month out, they, they, they couldn't figure out how to make it work with, uh, with, with the state. So uh, natural fit to bring them down here. It's an easy travel day for all the teams from Charlotte. Um, and, and, you know, we're ready. And, you know, this, the, the Daytona National Speedway is the world's center of racing. It's the most famous racetrack in all the world. Uh, and we, we are always busy. We always have something happening at the, at the facility. So uh, it's really easy for us to gear up uh, for another race weekend. I had to move a couple of things around just to make it work schedule but uh, the team here just continues to thrive and, and, and take on new challenges. You know, we hosted uh, an additional race over the 4th of July. We're used to seeing stock cars on the 4th of July run around our two-and-a-half-mile high bank oval. Uh, we didn't do that on the 4th of July this year. We rode on the road course uh, welcoming, welcoming IMSA back to competition. So, you know, we've been throwing a lot of curveballs in 2020, but the teams continue to rise to the occasion and done an incredible job. Speaking with Chip Weil here, the president of Daytona International Speedway on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. And all these great tracks and NASCAR itself has done a great job, as you mentioned, on keeping the uh, sports safe. Uh, not a lot of COVID-19 outbreaks going on right now. It seems that everyone has been following protocol, doing what they need to do. And NASCAR has uh, gotten on to the people who haven't uh, done what they needed to do. Now, with you hosting a race here coming up, have you reached out to other tracks and as far as what they've done to kind of prepare for, uh, you know, what they had to do for race weekend, and especially with you allowing fans into some of those events on the upcoming Daytona race weekends, uh, how are you preparing to welcome fans and welcome NASCAR Nation to a Daytona? Well, I've been very fortunate to be a part of uh, the team that's helped design the protocols for return to racing with fans, and we've been able to uh, to test those protocols a couple times. We were uh, I was a part of the team that welcomed uh, our military folks, uh, military men and women, back to Homestead Miami Speedways with the, with their family uh, for the Dixie Vodka 400 in uh, June, and then was a part of the team that welcomed uh, folks back at Talladega Super Speedway the next weekend for the Geico 500. Uh, we also had fans here for the WeatherTech 240, the MSO race on July 4th. So we've had a couple cracks at it, and uh, certainly every time we do it, we make a, you know small tweaks to our protocols and our plan, but um, I feel like we'll be in a great place. We are going to welcome fans back to the Daytona International Speedway uh, for both the Truck Cup doubleheader on the road course and then obviously for the Coke Zero Sugar 400 uh, on August 29th to set the field for the playoff, the last play, last chance to get into the NASCAR playoff for 2020. It's going to be an incredible race. Uh, but, you know, obviously every time we host any fans or competitors back at the racetrack, uh, our, our single biggest priority is safety and making sure that we keep our safe, our competitors and our fans safe. So uh, we have uh, some protocols in place. You have to wear a mask. We do take your temperature and ask you some screening questions before you can come in. We'll obviously keep you socially distant while you're in the seats and while you're in our concourse areas. Uh, our food and beverages are all individually packaged. We encourage you to use uh, uh, cashless payments. So there's a lot of things that we're doing um, to, to make sure that when fans come back to the racetrack, they feel safe. And uh, I feel like we're in a really good place. But certainly I uh, want to make sure that each and every time we do it, we take a note and make 
small tweaks and adjustments to our protocols to, to continue to drive the business forward and welcome more and more fans back to the track. Well, Mr. Wall, I got to tell you, I'm so excited for how Daytona is going to be for that last race. So many uh, people are going to be jockeying for position, trying to get that desperate win to lock themselves in, or those drivers are going to be right there on the bubble, uh, especially Jimmy Johnson. We know how he wants to get into the playoffs for his last season. So hopefully he'll have an opportunity to lock himself in, or hopefully he'll be locked in. But, man, I tell you, it's going to be exciting to see how that racing is going to be at Daytona for that last uh, regular season race before we start the playoffs. And as you mentioned, you are going to be allowing some fans in for these upcoming races. And, of course, our show covers Atlanta and the southeast, so you're within a driving distance away there to uh, Daytona. So if our listeners want to find out information, get tickets and and all that kind of info, where can they go to get that information, Mr. Wow? Yep, yep. You, know, you can go to DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com, best way to get Tickets, find out more information about races. Tickets for both events start at $49. Kids 12 and under are only $10 for the cup race. So uh, really great values. Or, or if, you, if you'd rather call and talk to one of my teammates, 1-800-PIT-SHOP. 1-800-PIT-SHOP. Great way to make sure you don't miss uh, the historic road course race at Daytona. And then obviously the Coke Zero Sugar 400, which is going to be one of the most exciting events that we've ever hosted at, at our iconic speedway. You know what? I was very apprehensive about that moving that Daytona race from the 4th of July to the last race of the regular season. But now that I'm kind of getting getting closer and we're seeing how many drivers are jogging for position who need wins or, or in desperation time to get into the playoffs, uh, I don't think of a better track that could hold a race like that uh, than Daytona, Mr. Wiles. So we're really excited and looking forward to that. Uh, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week, sir. And uh, looking forward to talking to you again down the road. And, and uh, good luck to you, and keep safe. And uh, we're just excited to see some racing back at Daytona here in a few weeks, sir. Thank you, my friend. Have a good day. Hi, this is Winston Kelly, the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame and pit reporter for the Motor Racing Network, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie. And once again, wishing congratulations to our fearless leader, WB, and his lovely bride, on their recent uh, wedding anniversary, which is once again the reason why WB is not in this week. He's taking some time off to enjoy and celebrate that uh, wedding anniversary with his lovely bride. But he'll be back on the program next week to uh, rejoin you, sit in the captain's chair, and bring you another brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. Uh, once again, thanks to our great guest for being on the program this week, Ted Austed, with the latest in short track news. Also, Blaze Crawford talking about winning his championship at Atlanta Motor Speedway and winning a Legends race at Charlotte Motor Speedway just a few weeks ago. And also, we replayed an interview we did weeks ago with Chip Wilde, the president of Daytona International Speedway, to talk about road course racing for the NASCAR series at Daytona. So uh, thanks to all those great guests for being on the program this week. And we'll have a fresh, brand-new episode for you next week of Southern Race Week Radio, but if you want to go back and listen to any of our previous shows from the year 2020, well, you can check out our podcast. That's right. Southern Race Week Radio is also a podcast available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So go to any of those respective podcast sites, put in the search Southern Race Week, subscribe, like it, uh, leave a review, rate it, whatever you want. We really appreciate you going out there and checking out the Southern Race Week podcast on iTunes, Spotify, 
and SoundCloud. Also, don't forget about our social media places as well on Twitter. You can follow the show at SRW Radio. You can follow our host, our fearless leader, WB, at WB Radio Network. And you can follow yours truly at Alfie underscore 19. And also the Facebook page is available at Facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. And we'll catch back up with you again next week on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. <laughs>